Well, lads, how are you? How are you getting on? Good now. More sport this morning, is it? There's a fair <laughs> bit of sport, yeah. That's the common theme on this. Sometimes we squeeze in some other stuff, but generally... OTB AM. Live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Tuesday morning, I want to say here on OTBAM. If I'm uh, wrong, you can let me know in the comments. YouTube.com forward slash off the ball. Make sure you hit subscribe if you want to leave a comment. You can also uh, get us on the old WhatsApp. 0879180180 is the uh, number for that one. Or, of course, uh, you can get us on Twitter at off the ball AM. Uh, every time I read the um, number for the WhatsApp, I'm reminded of the story, whether or not it's true, that one time Jimmy White was in uh, Lily's. And the Irish football team were in there and they were very excited about the fact that like celebrity Jimmy White was there. Oh yeah. And so McAteer shouts, 180 at him. Oh He tried, I, he tried. I don't know if it's true. I, I assume it's not true, Jason. Um <laughs> and, but still the story's too good not to repeat. Yeah, yeah. He made an effort, to be fair. Good morning, Shane. Good morning, how are things? Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning. Uh Shane, you're uh, slightly hungover this morning. Ah. Was that the Always Sunny podcast? I think with half of Dublin last night in Three Arena. Literally every single Instagram story I looked at last night was people at the Always Sunny podcast. One of my friends actually FaceTimed his girlfriend in from Canada for it, oh. for a section of it, and I was like, that's dedication to the cause. Are, like, you, allowed, are you allowed to do that? Is it not like a... Probably not. It no. was like a 30 second, like, look where we are sort of thing. It wasn't. Yeah. It was one of those weird ones. Because no copyright. Yeah, exactly. Myself and the brother were, were right over against one of the walls for our seats. We paid good money for these seats, and most of the show was you had to see the big screen to see the clips they were putting up and stuff you like, can't see the big screen from the seats no we were like oh. literally this is ridiculous so like within 10 minutes we just moved over and got ourselves a nice set oh because it wasn't full wasn't, there was like a few empty seats All right. not many empty seats but we made, we made the most of our uh, opportunity kind of like people not turning up for one reason or another sort of empty seats exactly yeah, yeah yeah a handful um, but it was really a good fun Kristen Olsen uh, Kristen Olsen shows up the uh, wife of Rob McElhenney who's fantastic in the show people who are fans of Always Sunny will know her um, they were kind of hinting at it the whole time they are like oh I wonder what time it is over in Los Angeles where she is tonight and then of course she, she lands out in the second half of the show very good though very good the bit broken of course by the fact that they do the same joke in, in, in London. England yeah. <laughs> now they, they kept getting uh, brownie points from the Irish crowd by uh, shouting at how much they hate England they were like they would just randomly stand up and say England was shit compared to this and then everyone would go buck for, for about five minutes and uh, oh, really easy I was going to yeah, say yeah. we're such a simple crowd <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, yeah they referenced the imperialism of, of England and, and why they hated England and I was like you guys didn't say this when you were in London did, did they say it on there I doubt it it's funny yeah <laughs> but they did, really they did pick it. Wales for the football team obviously as opposed to England which true is relatively yeah. interesting was there yeah. much Wrexham trash there was absolutely none uh, there was kind of half a hint at oh look at Rob Bone in the football team and it literally lasted two seconds um, but it was a lot of fun Charlie Day is hilarious so, so, yeah it's Charlie Day Rob McElhenney Rob McElhenney Glenn Howerton who plays Dennis in the show and Kirsten Olsen and then uh, Megan is the, the um, writer on the show who, who kind of runs the podcast is almost the, the MC I guess the, the person in between so they all do the podcast yeah, yeah. Oh, Except right. for Kirsten Olsen, yeah. It's uh, Megan and then the three lads do the podcast. It's a fairly uh, all-star cast to be travelling around doing a podcast. Oh, yeah. It kind of shows, I suppose, where podcasting has actually gone in recent yeah. years. And how much money you make from selling out <laughs> the three arena. It how helps. much was it? I, I, th- I think tickets were like... Tickets were like 45, maybe right, 50 okay. quid. Uh, and it looked to be a sellout. I think they have another night sold out tonight in the three arena. I'm not sure if they have another a third night this week, but certainly a second night tonight. But, um, yeah, when you see the... the crowd for podcasts <laughs> like Ka-ching. it's quite insane I know Blind Boy does Vicar Street quite often so 
Yeah, it turns out podcasts are pretty popular. Who would have known? Was it good? It was good. It was very, very good entertainment. And funny, I met one of my mates afterwards, and I was like, that was brilliant, wasn't it? He was like, I thought it was crap. But I wasn't drinking. He wasn't drinking, and I was like, um... I don't think the drinking made it fun, more fun for me. I think I think it was fun regardless. But my brother was the same. He was like, "Yeah, that, that, that was a very, very solid and entertainment." Was your mate a fan of the podcast? He was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, right. sorry, a fan of the show. So there's a lot of people there who were like fans of the show. Some were fans of the show and the podcast. Right. People were literally as, as clips were coming up on screen. People were quoting it out loud. You could hear the entire right. auditorium kind of quoting things back. So it is it one of those proper cult kind of shows. Like oh, I'd yeah. never watched it before, and then during lockdown, lived with two people who absolutely loved it. So it was like every night you were just watching like three or four episodes. You almost go into like a bit of a daze because some of the episodes as well are like relatively trippy or something. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> when you're watching multiple of them in a row, it's only like twenty minutes long. So like. Yeah. You can go down dark, dark hole watching. There are a gazillion of them as well. That's yeah. the other thing. It's been going for such so, uh, such a long period of time. Exactly. So, yeah, okay. That was one thing that happened last night, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Liverpool are back, right? This is there, There's no way that we're going to be lulled into a false sense of security by Liverpool putting up an incredible performance, absolutely walloping their opponents, and they're definitely not going to let us down the next game they play, mm-hmm. are they? This has not happened at all this season. How do you judge where Liverpool are at? How do you judge where Liverpool are at? Next season, I think you judge where Liverpool are at. This season is a bit of a write-off. I mean, you know, is it is it beyond the band of possibility that they could still go on? Like, what? T- top four surely is out of the question at this stage. Do they, do they want European football next year? Or do they not want European well, of football? Of course they do. Of course they do. Oh. Now, the, like the likes of the Jude Bellingham decision, if, if you want to call it a decision, the club saying they're not interested in him. You feel like that's preempting the fact that they're not going to get Champions League football for next season. But then you see a result like last night and you're like, if they can get results like this between now and the end of the season. It's too late. Do you think it's too late? It's too late. Yeah, well, the points the points difference between themselves and Manchester United, for example, is quite significant. Uh, United aren't their targets. Newcastle have to be their targets. Yeah. Right? So uh, Newcastle have 56 points and Liverpool have 47 points. So can they make up nine points in eight games? Well, I mean, they can for sure. But it would take a bit of a Newcastle. That's a lot of a lot of points in eight games. Yeah, yeah, it's significant enough. Um, and then you just can't trust Liverpool to continue this. And no. also the no, you can't. The Trent Alexander Arnold handball, which like, is like the most obvious handball. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I was watching with the sound down, going, "Oh well, they're obviously going to take this back." And then yeah, Gakpo's still celebrating, and it's like they've kicked off. Why are you kicked off? Where, where's the VAR? Yeah. What's going on? Uh, part, and I was chatting to Phil about this outside. It's like if Trent himself had, had lashed it in from, from there, the goal would not have stood. It's because the play goes on and he's not the direct person involved in the goal, apparently. The rules are so flaky and grey. But why did the referee just not stop it and go, oh, that was a handball? Yeah, well, this is the thing, though. They let the, they let the play go on, don't they, just to see what, what, what's going to happen. But then you've got to... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a bit ridiculous. Now, of course, it's 6-1 in the end, so probably takes away from the controversy a little bit, but it was a significant goal <laughs> at a significant time. If flaky leads get uh, flaked and feel like the world is against them because the world is against them, mm. that I think it has a material impact. Well, or Lee, or, uh, you almost feel like leads are screwed now as well. Sinistera gets the goal and you're thinking, well, this is... This is a chance. They're, they're, they could come back. They're at home. There's a bit of momentum behind them. I know you love that word, Jer. But Liverpool just pushed on. And if you look at the Premier League table now at the moment, and you're a Leeds fan this morning, plenty of you in Ireland, by the way, as well, you're concerned. 
two point steers relegation spots I feel like they've been concerned for a lot longer than just last <laughs> night though as well they, they were born concerned uh, but yeah it's, it's Southampton in the bottom 23 Leicester in 25 Forest in 27 and then you have just Everton above them on goal difference and uh, Leeds two point steers I, I don't feel like they're doomed after last night at all I, I feel like you know you get hammered in one of these games everybody goes off and has a few days off and then you come back in and you, you go again like um I, I I'm sure the Leeds fans feel pretty grim about life, but mm. so do the Everton fans, so do the Forest fans, and uh, it's it, actually interesting. Liverpool have Forest next. Yeah, I mean, perfect game for Liverpool. It is a perfect game for Liverpool. <laughs> but, it's at Anfield, but then they're away at uh, West Ham, and they've Spurs at home, then they've Fulham at home, and they've Brentford at home. So they've a lot of home games in a row, mm. and maybe maybe you give them tough opposition though. Fulham, Brentford, like. They're the exact type of teams that travel not, away places and just pick up results. Not at Anfield. Not not at Anfield. Maybe not. I think um, so. But look, maybe maybe this is it. Maybe the Liverpool fans are feeling themselves this morning. And we're raining their parade. Maybe top four is still on. This would be the most remarkable achievement of, of his entire career. Which is not, more, not toppling Bayern Munich, not winning the European Cup, not winning the league for the first time. This getting fourth from here. Imagine the glory at the end of the season. Which do you think is more likely right now, guys? Uh, Arsenal winning the title or Liverpool getting top four? Uh, <laughs> the Arsenal fan in the corner. Uh, Keeping things real. I'd be leaning towards neither of them being all that like. Right. I think Arsenal winning the title is more likely than Liverpool getting top four at the moment. Mm. Just purely on the fact that Arsenal at least have a bit of a cushion at the top of the table, whereas Liverpool do have a lot of points to make up to yeah. get that top. and I also think there are other teams above them as well who are possibly better positioned to make up the points and get a couple of results yeah um, and go on that run so sorry you said Arsenal are more likely than Liverpool yeah which is correct according to the bookmakers uh, bookies have it 6-1 uh, to 13-2 for Liverpool mm-hmm. to make top 4 and Arsenal are still 7-4 to four to win the league yes. favourites no, 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 nine to four favorites, nine to four on favorites, Manchester City. That's mad, isn't it? No, it's not bad. <laughs> such an it's upsetting a, couple of days for Arsenal supporters. Makes, I mean, it makes perfect sense. West Ham at the weekend, losing Kim Little yesterday Ugh. ahead of like the Champions League at the weekend and a possible title run, and Caitlin Fjord also out for the rest. Well, at least a month. Are losing Mead Miedema? Uh, <laughs> it's not great, is it? I literally, like, I, I actually, and I, I've said this a couple of times that I've been on the show, I have enjoyed the high points of the season because I knew at some stage it was all going to come crashing down around my ears. And I did. I actually, it was one of the, the Premier, and I, it's not over yet, but this has probably been one of the most enjoyable Premier League seasons that I've had in a long time. Mm. And I'm going to remember that, and I'm going to remember how happy I was. You'll be so sad, though, if it doesn't work out. I no, I like I always had this feeling that we weren't going to do it. Like I I as much as I enjoyed it, I just always thought that City at some stage were going to come back. Like I looked at our squad depth, like the just general ability of a player like Haaland to get goals no matter what and I was like I don't really think this is going to happen for us I don't think we could last the whole season but there's 
it's a good. I I think you guys were kind of right when you were saying the other day that Arsenal would almost be better if they were still in at least one other competition. I think they're feeling the weight of just being in the Premier League race and having nothing else to focus on. And if we don't win this, well, we've just blown an absolutely massive lead for yeah. our own. It's not even like we came up against teams that were very good and blew it against them. It's we came up against teams and faltered when we should be firing on. Like Rio Ferdinand was putting up on. Twitter yesterday a couple of clips from his podcast and he was talking about the fact that would you prefer to be an Arsenal player finish second in the league and not win a trophy or, yeah, or with, with all due respect with all due respect uh, this is the man who was like oh we don't celebrate the Carabao Cup and now it's a, now it's a great thing think to, to, the, how, oh, how the terrible turntables have turned uh, Rio you're <laughs> celebrating the Carabao Cup as like oh we're better than you but I mean, thir- third in the Carabao Cup is, de- is better it's than, not than second and no it isn't no it isn't because at the start oh. of the season because at the start of the season you're at Manchester United where you're expected to win actual trophies as opposed to the Mickey Mouse Carabao Cup, Carabao Cup. or Mickey Mouse Carabao Cup so if Aston Villa won the Carabao Cup you'd be like oh, are Aston Villa Manchester United expectations the same Shane no with respect this is Rio Ferdinand who would have branded the Carabao Cup Mickey Mouse we didn't celebrate that. The cup stayed in the corner. We had bigger fish to fry. We were Champions League contenders. We were Premier League contenders. It's all well and good for him, like trying to stoke the flames of, ah, you're still only Arsenal and you managed to bottle the league. But it's absolute nonsense from his perspective to be saying that Arsenal haven't had a better season than Manchester United this year. Mm. They haven't. Uh, if Arsenal finished second, if Arsenal finished second, second I would prefer to have had Manchester United season. Because like, no, you wouldn't. Based on have. United's current expectations, United's current expectations the last ten years are give us any trophy possible. Forget about the Premier League and the Champions League. Like Carabao Cup is where it's at. Like this season, if they go on and win, that Carabao is Cup not is where United's at. expectations <laughs> the for the last get, ten years. Well, if United United could win another trophy this season, yeah. if the FA Cup and Europa League as well. That's, so it, but that's not what he said. That's not what he said. He said if they just won the Carabao Cup. So if they just win the Carabao Cup, yeah. they have to either get beaten by Brighton or Manchester City in the FA Cup, right? Yeah. That has to be part of the season. You're going to be like, yes, what a great season. Knocked out by Brighton or our nearest rivals in the final. And Hooray. get top four in the league. We won the Carabao Cup. But what? yeah, we're happy with that. No, what? But what are you talking Champions about? Champions League qualification and a, and a trophy in the, at the end of the season. That's, Ar- Arsenal that's not bad. genuine title contenders for the vast majority of the season. From from nowhere, from like, will they get top four? Unlikely. Yeah, but do you to dre- a bit where they're now suddenly genuine title contenders and potentially genuine title contenders next season. We'll we'll wait and see. Like, if you genuinely went to the depths that Arsenal have gone to over the last recent couple of seasons, and if United were in that place, because they were never in the place that Arsenal have been, for, and like they haven't been rebuilding in the same way that Arsenal have been since Arteta came in, and you had a season where you went to second, led the. Like the whole league for the majority of the year, and we're pipped by a pretty insane Man City team. When you look at like the squad, mm. the fact that they probably have about two players in most positions that they could swap in and out, and no, it doesn't make that much of a difference. You go up against that, and you get second. And okay, yes, it it is an explosion. You would say that what United have done this season is more impressive than that. Like, Arsenal have come from nowhere, literally, <laughs> over the last couple of seasons. United never sunk to those sort of depths. No, but like, I feel like a trophy... Like, when you look back... In, when a player looks back in their career, trophies are what matters. It's not second place... Fin- like, but, I, like, I, proper I, trophies matter as well, like, not the Carabao or, Cup. Of course, if we rank trophies, the Carabao Cup comes at the, the bottom of those trophies. For, like, it's not as big as the Champions League, the Premier League, or the FA Cup. Would you rather be Arsenal or Manchester United heading into next season? on the basis of this season's performances? Well, league league terms, of course, Arsenal. But I mean, you, you, so you had a better season. Manchester United are not far off. 
Well, we'll see. We'll see. The golf isn't that big, and Newcastle aren't that far off as well. Like a, a big summer for Newcastle. I just thought it was it was a bit rich from Rio to be like, oh, we've we've definitely had a better season because we won this thing, which we don't, which we don't respect, <laughs> which we like, which we don't respect. Of course, he's not going to respect it because he's won everything. But these current United players, like, hadn't won so a trophy. Tell traffic. me, tell me the last trophies that they won when when Mourinho had that season where they won trophies. Mourinho won the Europa League and the League Cup. And that was a real stepping stone to, to uh, contending for a title, wasn't it? That was real. We're, we're on it now. We're, we're on the upward trajectory. The football we're playing is, is great. Finished second in the league as well. Finished second in the league. But yeah, were exactly. They, but were they, but were do they, you remember they, that? We, no, we don't remember that. Were they in the race? In the league. We remember the trophies and the, how, the images of the How close was the race? Was it, was it a title race or was it just we managed to like come from fourth to finish second? That's what happened. They weren't in the title race. There was but, no. But the point is, no one remembers those second place. You're not going to look back in your career and say, "Remember, we, we absolutely remember." Our fans aren't going to remember it. Oh, look! Remember that time we finished second to Man City, and I think the Liverpool fans remember pushing Man City to the end of the season. Everybody remembers title races. Everybody remembers uh, Arsenal and Liverpool and Michael Thomas and like there, there being an actual title race. People, of course, but fans don't think back on it fondly because it's like, oh, oh well, it was not great that we had a title race. No, no, no. We lost the title race. It was crap. People don't remember. I've literally just told you this has been one of the most enjoyable seasons that I've had in like over a decade because we were like up there and you actually saw like a pot and kind of in the same way you're saying with this United team, like you can see the positive trends. You can see that Ten Hag has come in and actually finally given you something to fight for. That's exactly what I'm saying about Arsenal season. The only difference is we actually had potential to win the league. True. I just United didn't. You need to get your medals and trophies out. Like at the end of your career, fans will remember that. United fans will remember the Carabao Cup final this year for, for a few years. Like that, that, will, that was a happy memory. They could still win the Europa League if they get over Sevilla on Thursday night. They they, could still if, win they the don't win, if they don't win the Europa League, it's a bit of a bottle job. But they, they're, but, they're but by they, far the most storied, most successful club left in the competition. Yeah. In terms of like uh, titles won, money. Turnover, fan base. But what's the advantage of winning the Europa League? Getting Champions League qualification. So if they get top four anyway in the Premier League, does it really matter winning the Europa League or not? So what, uh, but at the same time, so it's a trophy, of course. Uh, well, no, 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 no. I'm saying that if they only win one trophy from this position, where they're in the semi final of the uh, FA Cup and they're still like 2 0 up at home to Sevilla, <laughs> um, have you seen the Goldberg? Um, uh, clip. Oh, fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Never fails to deliver. Doing the rounds where it's like, oh, Sevilla, no sign of them scoring. They've been completely blunt. And then. Goldbridge is like, he's that just character that leans into it, I think. Um, but no, anyway, I, I mean, look, that's the, the, that's your tribe there. Uh, 7.48 this morning and, and they're all coming out to defend you as well. Don't worry. You Go on, lads. Keep her late in the comments. OTBAM with Gillette Labs. Got the ultimate shaver. Your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Here's what's coming up between now and 10 o'clock for you on OTBAM. James Tracy's going to rejoin us, talking to us about Leinster. He's going to pick a Leinster second team that uh, we would stick up against uh, Munster, Ulster or Connacht. Uh, Frank Rainey's going to update us on maybe for the final time on the Regency trial although maybe not because the Minister for Justice says that um, the investigation into the Regency um, murder is still ongoing uh, 1 JD please that's John Duggan at 8.40 um, Sports News at 8.45 after that Harriet Pryor is going to talk to us about Liverpool Alex Denning is uh, one of our brightest young drivers uh, he's going to talk to us at 10 past 9 and uh, we'll play out with some Lydia Hislop from last night's show um, 
So she's obviously talking about the protest at the Grand National. Protest at the snooker last night. You managed to miss this, Shane. <laughs> I should sorry, say, people are reminding me it's Caitlin Olsen. I don't know what I said, but... Said Kristen, I think it was. Okay, Kristen Olsen. It's Caitlin Olsen, of course it is. Um, yeah, protest at the snooker. I was on, on the way to the three arena last night when I saw my, my phone starting to, uh, to hop on my snooker snooker friends hashtag snooker friends uh, messaged me going did you have you seen this I was like oh my god like I've never in, in all my days watching the world snooker it almost like for anyone who's listening and can't see it but for anyone that's watching on YouTube it almost looks like performance art the photos yeah. that are up there well Ronnie O'Sullivan's good mates with Damien Hurst the artist who uh, is, is often in the crowd of the Crucible this was not a Damien Hurst moment this was Just Stop Oil uh, who've got the publicity that, that I think they were looking for these are the guys who um, were blocking the motorways and roads of, of England protesting and trying to raise awareness for environmental concerns um, and they've got their back page headlines they've got their push notifications yesterday it was just one of those mad moments where you're like this is really disruptive because you know, you could run onto a pitch at a football match or you could even run onto a track at an athletics meet and things just continue once the protesters are, um, I guess, taken away. But in snooker, if you, if you open a bag of orange powder on a snooker table, it turns out, the base does not react too kindly to it. You had Rob Walker out Hoover and try and Hoover it up. They had to recloth it overnight, apparently, and uh, that match between Joe Perry and Robert Milkins is to uh, resume at 7 p.m. this evening. So, so there would have been play this morning. Yeah, and and like so the last night, the session last night had just begun. It was in the opening frame, 11 points to nil, I think, um, and. So they had to stop the session, stop the this morning session, of course, and resume twenty four hours later. So it's it's a bit annoying for the fans who had to sit there and pay the money for the tickets front row. Security probably are looking at themselves this morning, going, ah, maybe we could have done a bit more there. On the other table, of course, Mark Allen was in action, and uh, the referee Olivia Martil, who I've spoken to on off the ball before um, over COVID, he was the guy who literally stops the the, the female protester from coming on to the other table and I think she was trying to glue herself to the table she got, managed to get one hand into one of the middle pockets and get no further um, but it was just one of those mad moments where like this is this is not going to be forgotten for some time snooker is in the mainstream folks so I'm not I'm not complaining we're all talking about snooker this morning maybe not the action but still I think because as well it's so quiet in snooker it made more of an impact than say if you see someone running onto a pitch at a football match and there's like 50, 60,000 people you know you just hear this yelling and then all of a sudden there's a guy on the table and the paint or whatever it was going everywhere mm. it kind of like it made you jump like I, I just saw that I think I actually saw the video you tweeted out and that was how I first saw it and even though I was expecting something, it still like gave me a bit of a yeah. fright whenever your man came out. Some people are saying it's a great advertisement for Baraka. Um, no, it was, do, we, do we know what it was? I don't know what it was. It said that it was dried paint right. in the papers paint. today. But it made quite a mess. Um, it's just one of those little crazy moments. Um, it's funny because when, you when you're at the Crucible and I'm heading over this weekend, you are searched quite vigorously going in, so I don't know how they managed to, to pull this off, but it was just one of those things where you're like, is this actually happening? Um... Like to, to I've seen them trying to, to recloth tables overnight and move tables. It's a process. It's a tedious I, process. I do have to wonder why. Surely there's a table next door that they have, you know, uh, ready to go just in case something might happen. A contingency plan, maybe, in the event that something, you know. I, are there only two tables at the Crucible? 
there's there's a two table setup and then the semi-finals on uh, so overnight between the quarters and semis they turn it into a one table setup right right in the middle of the room it's quite tight with the two tables um, but you see the, the tables are so heavy and have to be put together and reclothed and uh, why, but why do they have to be reclothed every time well you see the, the players notice if a cloth is hard or fast or if it's bouncing too much or if it's rolling off a little bit well, rolling off sounds bad yeah definitely certainly bad um, it's not the pub no but is pl- it not kind of like though I don't know if you're playing at Wimbledon or something and you just kind of accept over the course of a tournament that the surface is going to change and you're supposed to adapt your game to for deal sure. with that. For but, sure, but if all of the players are start complaining about the conditions, then yeah, that's the when they... Same for all of them, Shane! Same <laughs> for all of them, you know? It's true, yeah. And, and some players used to use a certain type of chalk. Uh, I think Ronnie O'Sullivan used to get in trouble for using a certain type of chalk that left marks on the table and other players who used a cleaner chalk weren't happy with it and it would certainly affect the, the conditions. So, snooker is one of those sports where it's like if there's even a draft in the room, People notice, the players notice. Um, obviously, if there's a fly, it's like the, the episode of Breaking Bad. Everyone just stops and waits until the fly is uh, arrested. Killed. This is why I'm Killed. saying it's shocking that a man comes screaming out of the crowd from nowhere. <laughs> well, because the, the, if you're disturbed by a breeze or a fly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the supporters. You can hear the fans on the TV as well cursing. Uh, and literally, you're just waiting for the fans nearly to run on and take this take this. I genuinely away. thought that was going to happen with some of the stuff that the fans were shouting. <laughs> I almost think they have such reverence for the tables and like that space of where the people are competing that oh. they're almost kind of like rocking in and out of their seat being like, I want to go down there, but I'm also not oh, going to go down there. The table's paradise. The table is literally, you can't touch a snooker. Like, I remember interviewing Ken Doherty at the World Snooker Championship a few years ago for a documentary, Four Off the Ball, and um, we stood beside the table, like, but fans were, were coming to their seats and we were literally and he was like you can touch it if you want and I was like no I'm not touching it I absolutely don't want to touch that like literally it, it's just it's so clean and pristine looking I'm like I, I don't want to even what about all the oil on, on the people's fingers like over the course of the tournament exactly and sorry in the middle of the tournament maybe you've already said this I was just reading some of the comments do you do they change it Ever is they, or do they ever re? They do recloth it. Yeah, yeah. In the middle of the tournament. Yeah. Well, yeah. At, ti- why, at times. Why aren't they quicker than this? Why is it taking twenty four hours? <laughs> it seems like they're just being a little bit of a, a little bit dramatic about the whole. Oh, someone poured some stuff on our thing. It's ruined. I, I actually like, think it's, it's any publicity. Come on. Is good <laughs> it's good for the just stop oil protesters. They've got the headlines, but it's also good for World Snooker. I think they're looking at this going. Ah, oh, yeah, it's caused a bit of a delay, but I mean. Snooker Everyone's the, talking about as you snooker. say, snooker on the front and back pages. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, they were thinking it was going to be the Ronnie O'Sullivan versus his opponent on Friday. Oh, Hossein Vafai! This is going to be juicy. They have been, they have been slagging each other off for like Hossein Vafai was interviewed yesterday. And he was like, he beat Ding John Wee ten six, and he said, "Yeah, Ronnie used to be my hero, not anymore." Um, him, he's one of the numpties that um, Ronnie looked down on. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Ronnie, a bit of a bully, punching down. True, yeah. Ronnie has a, a mug that, that says numpties on it that he was given and, and still uses quite often. Um, but yeah, Ronnie, Ronnie, I think Ronnie needs a little bit of spice and juice. to. Well, that's what he says, yeah. That's what he says. I so. mean, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so unenthusiastic about this thing that I'm great at <laughs> that I, I need someone to enthuse me. Um, yeah, he's, he's got a book coming out as well. So uh, watch this space. Yeah. Damien Hurst did... Um, there was one of those documentaries. Damien Hurst has a has given him gifted him a, mm. a painting which I presume is you know worth as much as he's won in his oh, entire career ridiculous so, yeah, yeah. Uh, right um, a couple of things we need to talk Todd Bowley was in by the way uh, Todd Bowley was in chatting to the players giving them you made it sound like Todd Bowley just popped in to say hello to us studio here yeah <laughs> a few uh, a few of his thoughts I wonder was it inspired by the fact that he was getting crap from the Chelsea fans so 
Yesterday we saw pictures of Todd Bowley looking up at Chelsea fans and speaking to them, them looking down on his box and giving him a piece of their mind. And then today we hear that he went in with a couple of the other co-owners and uh, spoke to the players for an hour afterwards. Apparently this is a thing. Apparently Todd Bowley just does this. And it's like, this is not something new, but... I think the length of time seems to be new. And also the fact, apparently, he picked out one particular senior player that's been signed over the last year and gave them a really hard time. And they were one of the few people that were picked on throughout the whole thing. Okay. Do Do we know who it was? No, none of the papers will say who it actually was. It's farcical. It's f- what does Todd Bowley know about football? Sorry, Todd Bowley's come up with some ideas that you're like, "Hey man, this he's guy the owner. Clearly. He's the owner. He's the owner." But that does not give him a right he to knows, go to the dressing room. He knows room. his name was on the bottom of the checks. <laughs> knows a lot. Leave it to the managers who have lived and breathed football. Yeah, Frank Lampard's doing a great job. No, but like he's fo- doing a great job. Frank Lampard knows a lot more about football than Todd Bowley does. So stay out of the dressing room. What do you, what do you have to say? Go in and say your few words for like a minute or two. No problem. As my kids would say, debatable. But anyway. Uh, Dwayne Griffin says as an Arsenal fan I'm happy with the progress Arsenal have made in the position they're in genuinely contending for the title and pushing a great City team not too bothered what United are doing uh, Dyer Schottensig Arsenal pushing this incredible City with a devastating Haaland when they weren't even forecast top four at the start and Man UFC fans moaning that it's a failure United fans extremely bitter Arsenal are pushing City this year it's that bad that they would rather see their nearest rival City win the league over Arsenal Stephen Nolan, Arsenal have bottled the league so badly. Shane Corcoran, don't be so ridiculous, Ger. If they don't win the title, it's not a successful season. United have one trophy in the bag and still in contention for two more trophies. Yeah, Shane, that's right. And if they bottle those trophies, is it a great season? What do you mean bottle? Well, that was Rio's. In Rio's assertion, it was like, they've, all, they've already bottled them. Lose to an Evan Ferguson-inspired Brighton. Well, he's I mean, going to be injured. Uh, hopefully he's back. Be uh, better season, win FA Cup, League Cup and Europa Conference League and finish fifth or finish fourth and win nothing. I'd pick the former. Uh, so West Ham are going to have a better season than Arsenal. Is that, is that what you're telling me? If Arsenal, if they win the Europa Conference League. All right, Fergus. I'll, I'll have whatever you're smoking this morning. Uh, Jerry, you have to look at the time frame. You have to take time frame into consideration, says Chris, when talking about trophies. Rio winning the Carabao Cup is completely different to this United team winning the Cup. It's all relevant, he says. You mean relative, I think, uh, Chris. Um, not to be pedantic, but uh, I, I accept your point. But Rio can't have it both ways is what I'm saying. And Shane trying to, oh, this is a great season. We spent a quarter of a billion on players Sorry, in the summer. And Villa fans amazing. still sing about the European Cup in the 80s. Like, it's a European Cup. Yeah, I know, but it, it's an actual it's a European trophy, Cup. Exactly. It's not the Carabao Cup. It's the European Cup. You get a gold star. That's what you get the stars for, Shane. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.